This is Joanna Tchellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. In this episode of Club and Resort Talks, sponsored by Nestle Miners, we're chatting with Seth Shipley, executive chef of Bell Mead Country Club in Nashville, Tennessee. For years, Bell Mead has been a to-go powerhouse. In fact, pre-pandemic, to-go made up around 46% of the club's a la carte sales. Over the past few months, that number has continued to climb. Fortunately for Bell Mead, Chef and his team are well prepared for the increase. He has lots of tips for how best to sustain high volume to-go programs while also balancing capex spending and professional. Thanks for joining us today, Chef. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I work in Nashville, Tennessee at the Bellmead Country Club, which I got here about two and a half years ago. Uh, prior to that, I was the executive chef of the Gasper Inn in Boca Grande, Florida. I spent a brief time at the Ritz-Carlton in Georgia. And then prior to that, I was at the Greenbrier uh, in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, which I did their apprenticeship program um, and was there almost five years. I think maybe just a takeover, um, worked for chef Peter Timmons. That's kind of my mentor. Went to the Ritz then followed him to uh, Florida after a time. And then I took over when he left and went over to the Everglades club. So, and then, uh, I spent a good bit of time in Florida, kind of got tired of the, the lack of seasonal change. And we decided to come to Nashville. Tell us a little bit about Bellmead. What's kind of the lay of the land there. So it's a huge food and beverage operation. It's about 1200 members. <clears throat> they utilize the club a lot for golf, tennis, and food. Huge to go program. About 46% of our actual a la carte businesses take out from the club, you know, but we'll average about 150, 200 people a night to go, as well as additional 150 to 200 in-house on one side of the club. And the other side of the club will do another 150, 180. Um, and that's just dinner service. And we don't do any breakfast except for during the winter a little bit. We'll do some winter breakfast or a nine and a half uh, restaurant. We'll do some, some breakfast on the weekend as well uh, as need is, is, you know, required or requested. Were you doing that much to go before the pandemic? We actually were. It, it was kind of my first experience with large scale to go operation in Florida. We had some room service, but it was minimal. Really, if it rained is about all we would ever do room service wise. But to go for Bellmead from the day I walked in the door was a huge learning curve. You know, we started making like fresh pastas and things like that that actually don't travel all that well. So it was kind of one of those things. Oh, well, we can do it, but we can't put it on the to go menu or the pickup menu for them because it just, you know, they may pick it up at five o'clock and not eat till seven or seven thirty. So we had to kind of make sure we were cognizant of those hurdles. And then really COVID didn't. I don't want to say it didn't affect us, you know, probably as much as it would have or could have because we had a strong to go business already. We did see a huge uptick. You know, we closed our dining rooms for about 30 days and did all strictly curbside pickup. So we did everything from, you know, prepackaged, you know, meals for two meals for four to, you know, our holidays, which were affected. We did, you know, meals for four for them, whether it was fried chicken or fillets or salmon um, with little instruction cards on how to cook and reheat and all those types of things. But we kind of had a leg up going into it because truly we do a, what's called gourmet to go. And it was a Thursday night program. So it was meals for two, four, six or eight with a sliding scale of price, obviously. But uh, we would publish those one month in advance and they were always popular. There were 40 to 60 packages a night or uh, every Thursday that would go out. So when we had to close a lot of our dining rooms, we actually put that program in place six days a week. Um, just to give another added benefit. So they're kind of comforty, you know, home style meals, um, everything from short ribs to beef bourguignon to, you know, we did lobster lasagna, you know, just kind of just anything we can think of that was kind of fun and interesting and unique that they could pick up that they probably couldn't get anywhere else in town. That went from like, you know, like I said, an average of probably 40 a week 
to about a hundred a night, <clears throat> but we had a lot of that in place. We had a lot of the containers, we had packaging, we had bags, we had some experience and we weren't doing any banqueting or anything else. So, you know, we had the staff to get it done. You know, a lot of clubs, as you know, have had to shift into this to go model. They don't have nearly the experience or bandwidth to do it. Like you've been doing it. So what, what advice might you offer them as they kind of peel back these restrictions allow in dining, but these clubs kind of want to keep to go going. You know, the, one of the biggest ones and one of the things we added during this that we don't think will ever go away now is we do um, curbside. So they literally drive up, there's six spaces, just like a Chick-fil-A. They text or call. Somebody walks out with their bag, hands it to them off. They go, they don't have to sign a check. They don't have to do any of that. I would say packaging was our biggest kind of thing to keep figuring out because we also then started to realize, man, we're, we're using so much plastic and so much things. So when I started at Valmead about two and a half years ago, we actually started a recycling program, a composting program. We tried to go all eco-friendly. Um, coming from Florida, living on a barrier island, you know, we, being eco-conscious was a, was a big part of my day. You know, we had already gotten away from plastic straws and we didn't buy, you know, anything that had the six pack rings. We made sure everything was biodegradable. So we started to initiate a lot of that at Bell Mead, but it just gets hard. You know, when all the restaurants around you were doing to go, it was, we were constantly either short or had to change packaging or, you know, couldn't get the eco-friendly stuff because it just wasn't available. They weren't making it fast enough. So I think advice wise is, is plan ahead for that. Those types of things, know what you're going to use. And our membership is conscious to it as well. You know, we had a lot of them bringing back these plastic containers. Like, can we wash them and reuse them? I said, we would in any other circumstance, but it's COVID. So now as you keep going, do you anticipate that your to-go program is going to stay as busy as it is now? We do. Um, we have switched. So I mentioned the gourmet to go program, which we actually, we went from six days now that we're open and we're allowed to do some functions. We've moved it to three because it's such a high demand thing. And it still averages 50 to 80 packages a night for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And those are typically meals for two people. So if you think about it, it's 160 guests we'll feed just out of that program. And then we'll do another 150 to 200 to go, um, just regular a la carte to go service. Interesting. We added extra computer terminals, extra POS systems for the to-go ladies to be able to operate a little more efficiently. We added car runners. So a lot of that staff that would normally do a wedding for five or 600 people now run bags to cars. When you get banquets back, will you keep, will you staff up even more if to-go is still? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to find, you know, those creative ways around, you know, the, 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 ch- struggling staffing <laughs> that I think probably every hotel restaurant club um, is faced with these days. Let's talk about your career path. Now you have some many letters after the, after your name, right? What, what certifications do you have? Certified executive chef, certified color administrator, certified wine expert. There might be one more in there. I don't know. <laughs> and you also, <laughs> you know. at, now a couple years ago, you took the certified master chef exam, correct? I, yeah, yeah, I did. How did that go for you? Well, it didn't go as planned. Otherwise, those initials would be after my name as well. Um, but it was a great learning experience. You know, uh, you know, it is definitely the most challenging culinary kind of skill test that there is. It's a huge learning curve. I learned a ton. It was, you know, it was a great exam. It was a great process. You know, I learned a ton just about myself and, and really processes. And, you know, I, I have done some competitions. I've, I've done other things in my career, but nothing really compared to that. And, uh, the commonality that's involved in that exam is also wonderful. You know, the, the, the proctors were, were great. You know, the, the 
Schoolcraft itself was an amazing facility, you know, really, really stepped up to the bar. We had great socks. We had great products. We had great everything. We had great apprentices or Colmies. It was really just a, a, an overall good experience. You know, obviously I would have liked to have passed. I'm debating whether I should take it again or will take it again in the near future. I don't know yet. It kind of remains to be seen. You know, I wouldn't change it. It was, it was extremely educational and uh, eye-opening. Has the club said anything about you taking it again? Would they support you in doing something like that? They absolutely do. You know, Bellmead is, is a wonderful atmosphere. Uh, membership is appreciative. Management is super supportive of any goal, any, any sort of thing that we want to achieve, anything we want to try from, you know, we've done virtual wine dinners to, you know, we're talking about bringing in some guest chefs because I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of um, talented chefs throughout the country whether we should start bringing them in. We actually had some plans to bring in, you know, some high caliber guys to do some guest event dinners. But then of course, COVID kind of came in and dampened all that. Let's talk numbers. So compared to last year, how are things looking? Are your food costs higher or lower? Uh, they're higher, not exponentially. You know, they're, they're, they're about three or four points off of where they should be. So we didn't, you know, we didn't take a, a giant leap in it. Um, you know, our saving grace really was, or is ultimately our membership lives within a, a few mile radius of the club. So they're able to really utilize a lot of it, whether it is to goes or whether it is coming to play golf and having lunch. I mean, our, our a la carte numbers for like this month or the month of September, we were like 91% of business revenue to budget. We actually did more revenue a la carte this year in September than we did last year in September. But banquets uh, are way lot, down probably. But but banquets and um, all those things that really help your numbers are, are non-existent. When our average weddings are probably 550 guests to now the fact that the biggest they've been allowed to be recently is 125. You know, it takes a big chunk of that away. And a lot of the weddings, we were actually set to have a record setting wedding year with, I think it was, I think it was somewhere around 40 weddings for this year. I think we lost 26 of those in that time period. So are they looking to rebook or are they just downsizing? They have done both. We had a wedding that was for, he was in the Navy, an officer in the Navy and he was going to ship out. So they said, we're having our wedding on this date, no matter what, all you have to do is tell us the number we're allowed to have in the building. And I think when the time they were done, it was supposed to be 50 or less. So they, they cut their wedding list down from 330 guests to 50 and they did their thing. But um, some have just canceled and said they'll reschedule later. Some have moved to other venues, whether it's, you know, their home or their backyards and just in small, intimate family things. When the beginning of all this happened, you know, we had some food shortages and we had either whether it's supply or delivery or just in the actual processing chain, but there was always shortages, always moving pieces to kind of be mindful of. So we, you know, we make sure, Hey, you know, if your wedding's coming up, we need to know now so we can get a plan together and not just, you know, we can't wing a lot of this stuff. So how's the supply chain for you now? Is it evened out? Are you able to get the products that you weren't able to get before? Yeah. You know, I would say it is 98% back to normal for us here in Nashville. Every now and again, there's a glitch, whether it's rubber gloves or whether it's, you know, whole chickens or sometimes we'll need 10 or 12 cases and I'll have to find two vendors to get them because they only have so many, but um, we're probably pretty well back to normal. What about making up for that lost banquet business? You know, a lot of that strategy, yes, we, we have tried to find some other ways to generate different revenue. We, we know that we'll never get back all that banquet revenue. It's, it's, it's not a feasible task or a feasible expectation. 
but you know, we have done other small things. We just did a little Oktoberfest cause we're now allowed to have 125 people. So we got a, a little three piece band and we did some specials and, and bar and live music all outside to try to just entice them back into the club uh, and know that we're, you know, we're trying our best to make sure that they can have good experiences at the club. I think as a whole, everyone accepts that this is a unprecedented challenging time. And, you know, it was one of the beauties of being in a place like Bellmead, you know, when we actually closed and, and, you know, again, we were always open for to go, but our a la carte business closed. Bellmead stepped up and said, look, we're going to pay everyone 40 hours a week. Healthcare is unaffected. No one has to worry about their job. No one's getting laid off. And they supplemented the hourly staff income for, I think it was like 65 days. You know, if, if somebody worked an average of 40 hours and they happened to work 20, they still got paid 40. They, they got their full wages across the board. And that was something our board of directors and our, and our management team said was important. You know, let's take care of the staff and let's take care of the people that are going to take care of us. It, it, you know, this was just unprecedented, uncharted, an unfortunate time, but they wanted to make sure that our staff wasn't going to sit around and wonder how they were going to pay their bills or eat or do any of those types of things. What about as 2021 approaches, are you looking at budgets and are there any hard decisions that have to be made different from 2020? There were certainly some harder decisions that had to be made. Uh, again, we were extremely lucky that Bellmead said, you know, it was just a bad year. We're going to hope it's a fluke and we're going to support whatever we want to move forward. So, you know, we do our budgeting process as most people, you know, in September, moving into an October one new fiscal year. So, you know, we were, we were doing budgeting in this process. And a lot of it was, a lot of it was at the very beginning. It was like, you know, maybe we should scale back <clears throat> and then, you know, we scale back and then it come back. So, you know what, why don't you, why don't you spend a little more money? Why don't we budget a little harder and we'll see if we can actually do the things that we want to do. Um, so really our budgets, you know, they are what they are. They weren't all that affected. You know, all my wish list items got approved for next year as far as, you know, capital expenditures got approved. What did you wish for? <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of lucky when I walked into Bellmead, um, the kitchen was a good size. It had been, it had been redone, I think about eight years ago, uh, which is probably 10 years ago now. So it had a good layout, good function, but you know, I just had, <clears throat> they're actually getting put in right now is uh, a set of rationales. So combis are going in now. I replaced just about all the refrigeration on the line and, you know, did a lot of under counter stuff and kind of make it a little more efficient for the way that I like to work and the way that we kind of coach and train team to work. But I think for, you know, next year we put in resurfacing floors and, you know, it's not the glamorous stuff, but it's stuff that costs a lot of money. We're going to renovate the employee bathrooms and we're going to do, um, I think I put in a couple of like, uh, juicers that are, you know, you drop the orange in and kind of grinds and crushes for our little like outdoor event. What do you look for in those new toys as you call them? So we look for quality, right? We want to buy one, scry once, <clears throat> you know, at the end of the day or hope to buy the best stuff and it's going to last. And, you know, hopefully it'll be there for 10 years and not, you know, something that uh, you can save $800, but am I going to have to replace a compressor in two years, you know, versus something that has a good warranty, a good spec and a good reputation. And, you know, we were looking for ways to be efficient, you know, as, as we get back to like our to go operations, Thanksgiving for us, typically we'll cook about 130 whole birds for guests to pick up. So we actually bring in a refrigerated trailer and we run the gamut. They fill out an order form, whole turkey, you know, cornbread stuffing, all the sides, all the, you know, garnish from soups on down. And then they come and collect them for their Thanksgiving meal at home. So, you know, having two additional ovens now to will help even that process out, make it a little more efficient. Of course, those ovens have internal thermometers and HACCP plans. So we can sort of really dial in our programming and, and try to make it foolproof and make sure no one gets an undercooked bird on Thanksgiving, you know? What about for the rest of the holiday season? You know, it's going to be a lot different this year than past years. So are you looking at still hosting events for members or they're just scaled back? What's kind of your plan? 
Yeah, we're we're going to host the events. They're going to be scaled back. You know, we're, we're again, we're kind of lucky. Bill means a big property. You know, it's got a good footprint. So, you know, we can stay right now. Health department is really telling us that we can do parties up to 125 guests. So, you know, kind of our deal around that is we're going to do 125 per seating. We'll clean in between for those like Thanksgiving, Christmas Day brunches, so, you know, so we can get a little more member participation, a little more traction. And then we're also anticipating that to go program will pick up some, you know, maybe it's 200 birds this year as opposed to 130. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, a lot of those events and, and Nashville seems to be trending in a good direction. So, you know, it, it's opening up more every week, every two weeks. You know, we get new guidelines. You know, we're a lot of bar service now. We're allowed to sit at the bar now, which is, is new come October 1. Uh, so, you know, we're hoping we gain a little more traction in, in the outdoor events. So we've been just brainstorming. What do we do outside? Is there something else we can do? You know, we just bought, you know, a bunch more um, of the outdoor propane heaters to be able to set next to the table. So guests can stay outside on the patios a little bit longer. And we have these big four borough trees that run all across, like kind of b- between tennis and the actual facility. And it, for years, the members have asked to have tables out there to, to just relax. And we thought, well, since they're asking, we'll just put tables out and we'll expand our outdoor dining. So there's six tables out there. So now they can sit down and eat and, and do that. And it's been, it sells out every weekend. We only do it on the weekends. And now it's, oh, we want to do it on Wednesday night. So now it's special event space. Those outside places really do add a lot of enticement for our membership and they are well utilized. And we're very fortunate that we have that green space and, and a good footprint as a whole. For more podcasts, check out our site, clubandresortchef.com.